Things Unsaid, Episode 4, Corny Talks. So I was thinking about what mom went by in high school. I've been looking through all her writings, anything she has left in the boxes in the basement. Because sometimes she says her full name, and sometimes it's A.P. Hebertson, or some variation thereof. When she wants to sound professional and mysterious. I know mom always hated Abby, even if she couldn't hear it. Didn't like the look of the letters on the page together. She wanted her sign name to be known as soon as she met someone. She said it's because she wanted to establish her identity as a deaf individual, with a valid name and identity within her abilities. And I'm sure that's true when she got older. But I bet anything when she was young, she just did it so people wouldn't try to fingerspell A-B-B-Y. Mom was old. Is. Is very particular. But she always went by Abigail since I've been alive. Abigail, or sometimes Mrs. Gilbert. Never the page business. I almost forgot she gave me her middle name. Maybe that's why she and Dad named me that? Because she preferred Paige when she was really little to someone calling her Abby. I'll have to ask hey, Dad. Sweetheart? Who are you talking to? Oh, uh, no one. I'm just recording everything we know about hey, Mom's case. I know this is rough, but we really have to let the police worry about it. It's their job. And a grand job they're doing of it. Maybe if we it's tried to- It's not that we're not trying. You're not the only one who loved Abigail, Paige. We're all trying to figure out what happened. They got the newest detective inspector on the case, Detective Benjamin Wilson, I think. He seems to have a really good idea of the protocol, hasn't jumped to any conclusions. Yes, he let you out of jail after receiving solid evidence of you being at work all day. What an outstanding guy, truly. I'm only saying he knows whatever they taught him in school. He's the youngest deputy this county has ever seen. He was obviously hired for a reason. Wait, wait, wait. How old is he? I don't know. 25? 26? <laughs> so you're trusting a guy not much older than me to find your wife? <laughs> well, age doesn't matter, I guess, because you clearly seem to think you can do a better job than the police anyway. I'm not anyway. saying I'm better than the police. They're just treating this like it's some 9-to-5 job. Jesus, even Mom was willing to bring home her edits if there was a deadline. And you think there's answers in Mama's old journals? You're driving yourself insane looking for clues here, but that's not life, Paige. I'm not a child. Yes, you are. I'm not even going to bother with the science. You are still developing an ability to reason. You're hoping this situation can be tied up in a neat bow because you don't like staying in the house. Not like staying in the house did mom much good anyway. Paige, that's enough. No, why can't I go out and try and get more information or, or anything? Because I don't want something happening to you too, Paige. I can't lose you too. I know what I'm doing, Dad, I promise. And so does Detective Wilson. Answers aren't just going to pop out while you're snooping just because you want them to. He's already looked into the note Mom left. Wait, what note? Mom left a sticky note on the counter between leaving for work in the morning and when I came home. Why didn't you tell me? Because it, it was confusing to me. And frankly, I forgot about it by the time she was actually declared missing. And I hadn't been able to come home. C 
Nicole was alone in the house overnight. I needed to focus on my kids. That's right. But how was the note confusing? It was the situation more than anything. I thought it seemed like a normal note, and then the detective needed it as evidence, which was worrying. I needed to get you home to me, so I didn't think to fill you in. That's on me. I'm sorry. It's okay. I understand. But what was so off-putting about the note? Mom leaves notes all the That's time. The thing. It was just like any other note. But Detective Wilson took it anyway? He said it was worth looking into. Please, honey. The chief of the county police says he trusts this kid with his life, and it'll be a good opportunity for him to put his training to A use. good opportunity? Hiring the new guy sounds like a good opportunity to bring you back into the equation, alibi be damned. Or for us to never see her or her murderer ever Abigail again. Your mom wasn't murdered. I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't mean that I thought you did anything or that she... I know. I just can't handle you being taken from us, too. When neither of you did anything. But how do we know she wasn't I hurt? I don't. But Detective Wilson said he doesn't think she was hurt. And I just have to have faith that he's right. Because I can't face the alternative right now. I'd even prefer Abigail left if it just means she's okay. Is... Is that what they're saying? She supposedly left a note before leaving with the car. It didn't look quite like her handwriting, but the police pointed out she might have been in a hurry. And that's why the police suspected you? Yeah. I'm sorry, honey. This is so much crazier than anything you should have to it's deal with. It's not your with. fault, Dad. I'm sorry I've been such a pain on top of all this. It's okay. Just... Please, let the detectives do their work. No wandering off looking for things Abigail wrote about. I don't want anything else happening. Okay, Dad. No nighttime escapades. Promise. Thank you. You should probably get rested. I'm surprised that jet lag hasn't caught up with you already. <laughs> yeah, it's the college sleep schedule. Not sleeping. How about I wake up Cole for school tomorrow? I'll probably be up anyway. I think he'd like that. Night, sweetheart. Night, Dad. Now I feel stupid. I'm almost 20 years old, but I'm acting like a baby. But I hate that there's still nothing I can do. I'm capable of driving. I was able to get an internship before I had to come back for the summer. Now it's just sitting and knowing something else is going on without me. Oh. Hey Cole, how was school? Oh, don't you make that face. I'm not crazy. I'm recording. Oh, wait, that's still on. Cole, you're still here? Go to bed. Do you need something? Nah. Mmm, homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'll take you to school tomorrow, okay? Yes, coffee on me. Jesus. I'm home for four hours and it's like I'm already a teenager again. We never really fight. But God, if he doesn't know how to push my buttons. He never needed to say a word, even before he lost his hearing. I can't blame Cole. He's right to think I'm a lunatic for talking to thin air. I only had the recording going because I planned to read more of Mom's stuff. Which doesn't make me sound any more sane now that I think about it. Well, as long as I've well and truly lost it, I might as well keep on with the data collection. Further evidence of the subject's insanity while she reads her mother's history. If nothing else, I can provide plenty of support to that claim. 
So, here we go. Start, Start week five. five. Abigail here once again. I wish I didn't have to do this anymore, honestly. Now that school is in full swing, I barely have time to breathe, let alone write down the things I'm thinking. I already had two papers due, and Mr. Jones is making everyone edit theirs, which basically means rewriting it entirely. The AP Lit one wasn't too bad, actually, because it was historical information we learned before starting Catcher in the Rye. Chem is all right, if only because Tommy sits nearby, so he helps me if equations make me confused. Well, when the equations confuse me. He's a good guy. Super funny, especially since he grew almost six inches over the summer. Poor thing doesn't know where to put his feet. It's very cute, from an observational reporter's standpoint. Objective. I also scheduled an early meeting with Mrs. Ponce, the guidance counselor. I thought for sure I'd be the first person, but Maggie and Tommy's twin brother Josh were already on there. I asked Maggie what would make her suddenly want to be so on top of the college game. She wasn't really looking to apply further away than Montana State, which has rolling admission anyway. Plus, Maggie never seemed to care too much about higher education, at least for herself. She knows it can be beneficial, but it wasn't really what she ever pictured for herself, I don't think. She apparently had a huge change of heart when she helped her dad deliver tools and lumber to the community theater. She saw the sets they get to construct and the cool things they do there. She got an apprenticeship helping backstage to hang lights. All this in the past week. I've never really been to live theater, but it seems to be taking up most of her time, so it must mean a lot to her. She wasn't able to come to the last two movie nights. I guess she's exploring her options outside of a random undergraduate degree she doesn't want. Some sort of trade school, I guess? Once I did get in to see Mrs. Ponce, she said I'm looking good for the application process. She's really pushing for me to get into Gallaudet, because it's an all-deaf college. I get why she wants me to go there, and joining a larger deaf community would be awesome. But I don't want to isolate myself from a world designed for hearing people. I know it's the 80s, so things are so much better for the deaf community. Maybe one day it won't be considered such a disability, and people will choose to learn sign language as opposed to making their deaf kids learn to talk. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Mrs. Ponce really wants me to apply early decision there, and she's gotten my parents super on board with it, too. I just want to explore all my options. Is it too much to ask that I try to go to a normal... Well, that's the wrong word for it. No one will read these. A normal school. And I'm tired of being treated like some foreign object or alien that no one quite knows what to do with. It honestly feels a little lame for everyone to assume the deaf girl will both automatically get into Gallaudet and wholeheartedly want to go. On the bright side, Ponce loves that I wanted to help with the canned food drive. She said the farmers in this area can't donate their extra crops this year at all. At least, that's what Ponce's father said to her, so I guess he's a farmer? Elise and I will make some posters this weekend, because it means food bank donations are even more vital. And I can advertise it in the school paper. I should probably have someone else write the article, though. Probably looks bad to write about my own service project, huh? Dad is gone for the next couple days because a forest fire broke out not too far, so he has to coordinate with the fire brigade to protect the parks. He called home last night. Mom said they think the fire was started by some kind of poorly kept campfire that some animal disrupted, which makes no sense at all. What kind of animal could strike a match or even disrupt a campfire so much that 15 acres gets blazing? None of Dad's rangers could describe what they saw at the campsite. Just that once the origin spot was cleared, there was a small smoking crater with lots of four-toed tracks and other little bodies around. After that, the fire started catching too fast from the dry foliage, because of the drought, I suppose. And the rangers had to leave. Dad says the fire will be contained real quick this time, and he won't have to stay away from home once it is. 
Apparently he had some extra paperwork to approve a helicopter rescuing some wildlife in the area. He said they swooped in and out pretty fast, so there must have been just one endangered species they were looking out for. Or they couldn't find anything. Hopefully the other critters can get away on their own. This drought is wreaking havoc, clearly. Speaking of, Elise told me in Gov that her dad said everyone in the area is growing corn this season because there's a government building nearby. I think the CDC, or whatever it was that Mark's dad, uh, Mr. Gonzalez, worked at. Anyway, the government is paying for water to be brought into the nearby farms because they're trying to power their building through ethanol? I guess it's gotta be some conservation movement the government is trying to start. Not going so great, though. It takes the whole county to power one lousy building. And Elise says they're, the farmers are having issues with needing to rotate their crops after this season. I guess I'll ask Dad what that means. Never cared too much for ecology, really. I need to get started on my lit assignment. Elise and Maggie will be over in an hour to study for chem. End week five. Oh, I forgot Grandpa James was the head of some part of the national parks in our area. Because that's how Dad got his work moved back home. A whole building powered by ethanol? That seems a bit advanced. And kinda needless. I'd never thought to doubt the stuff in these journals before. But what if they're just stories? Or highly embellished? It would make sense for a high schooler with limited communication opportunities to be overly imaginative. Grandpa went away for a while because of work, so she makes some huge mystery to heroify him. Is that why she wanted me to look at them when I was her age? Because there's nothing deeper to it? Let me check this out. Ethanol... power range? Mm, this isn't something I can Google while also recording. I'll take some notes and get back when I can. Things Unsaid is licensed under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike international license. This episode of Things Unsaid was written and directed by Julia Wallach. The part of Paige Gilbert is played by Julia Wallach. The part of Don Gilbert is played by A.C. Ace McCarthy. Music, editing, and sound design is done by Daniel Farrell. Want to show your support for our show? Follow us on Twitter at Unsaid Podcast and Instagram at Page by Page Gilbert for updates and bonus content. If you would like to advertise on our program, feel free to message any of our social media pages. Thanks for listening.